When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a drunken dive into myths and legends. Every week, we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. This is episode 73, Orishas. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for this. There's so much we didn't cover, but I am very excited to, in the future, cover even more. Yeah, we got into some pretty cool discussions, as we always do. Um, But I've been thinking in particular about this kind of mythological, like the larger kind of cosmology of it for for days and days after we recorded. So I'm uh, I'm excited to share it with all y'all. Yeah. And also excited to welcome a few new members to our community on Patreon. Jessica, Kylie, Buster, Aaron, and Tila, Vinny, Caitlin, and Evie, welcome so, so much. Welcome, welcome. Welcome we've, so we've much. What does that mean? snacks for you. <laughs> and thank you, as always, to our supporting producer-level patrons who never forget to bring a snack to a party. Neil, Philip, Julie, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Jessica, Maria, Cammie, Lindsay, Ryan, Lynn, Mercedes, Phil Fresh, and Deborah. Yes, you guys are awesome. And finally, thank you to our legend-level patrons. So Buggy, Rachel, Sandra, Ashley Marie, Leanne Davis, Ashley, Shannon, and Cassie get physical stuff from us every single month, packed with our own hands, brought to the post office by our own sweat and tears. And uh, it is it is very cool. We love choosing those gifts for you every month. So if you've been a patron for a long time and you're thinking, huh, that would actually be pretty awesome to get a little care package from the Spirits team to me, it's always a great time to up your pledge. And that's at patreon.com slash spirits podcast. Yeah. And if you are a legend, you are the spirits of song and dance that we know and love. It's very true. And Julia, what were we drinking during this episode? So I was inspired by the fact that one of the Orishas that we covered, uh, Ocean, is the spirit of the sweet waters. So I picked up a pack of sweet water, water keeper, Hefeweizen. It is one of my favorite kinds of beers. Normally, Julia and I don't overlap much in our in our uh, beer taste, but this, this is one, one of the few. Yeah, we both really enjoyed. And finally, we are really excited to be sponsored again by Talus Clothing. So this is this incredible uh, line of clothing from a sort of indie creator based in Los Angeles um, that's clothing for psychic protection. And we are going to tell you a whole lot more about it later in the episode. Yeah, I rock my t-shirt all the time. I love it. It's great. It's super comfy. Uh, But you can find out more by going to bit.ly slash spiritstalis. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-S-T-A-L-I-S with the the code spirits and you get 15% off your order. Hell yeah. Well, without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 73, Harisha's. So, Amanda, I've been reading The Children of Blood and Bone, as I've mentioned before. I think. Can I borrow it after you? Uh, actually, Shubes has dibs on it after. Ooh, yeah. burn. Burn, sweet burn, because he uh, he mentioned it in his first Audible ad, and I'm so proud. Yay. Um, so the book is by Tomi Edeyame, and I'm bringing it up again because this book is influenced by Edeyame's West African heritage, and in it, she kind of bends religious deities, which are known as the Orishas, and a diverse landscape into this like really new, refreshing take on fantasy. 
Amazing. So it's kind of like, imagine Harry Potter didn't take place in England. It took place in West Africa and wow. it was much more interesting uh, uses of magic. And I there was it. like limits to magic. That's why I want to read it. Yeah, Shubes. Hurry up. So this has definitely piqued my interest because while we talked a little about West African and Yoruba uh, religion in the past, it's definitely not something that I know a lot about. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to dig in today to the Orishas, who they are, and then kind of highlight some of the ones that I found really interesting. I would love to learn more. The best way to describe the Orishas is that they are spirits or emissaries of Oladamare, who is the supreme god of the Yoruba people. As a side note, the supreme god is supposedly, uh, he has three manifestations. Olodomare is specifically the supreme creator. Got it. So the other manifestations include Oloron, who is the ruler of the heavens, and Olofe, who is the conduit between heaven and earth. Very cool. Yeah. It's like beautiful kind of world building in, yeah, for yeah. mythology. And it gets really, really interesting. And I, I just, I really enjoyed doing the research for this episode because yeah. one, I love learning new things about new cultures that I don't understand. And also I like seeing the connections that human beings make in regards to how they interact with the world early on when Absolutely. they're creating their mythology. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I can't wait. The Orishas are subordinate to Oludamare and specifically are said to be manifestations of him. Wow. So they are said to rule over the forces of nature as well as the endeavors of humanity. I love the term endeavors Ooh. of humanity. Isn't that cool? I know. And, and it also implies a really interesting divine perspective, mm -hmm. I think, where it's it's almost like a like a parent looking at a child, an adult child, being like, this is what my child does. Like, this is what they endeavor to, to try. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't imply judgment, I don't think or condescension in any way where you're like oh look at that kid trying to do whatever but it's like this is what this human being that i'm responsible for but ultimately separate from is like doing with their life yeah and it's what they want to do and yeah. what they're achieving to do yeah it's really cool. like what they're setting out to do like it, it's like it's like the journey of your life and there are a few words that kind of imply that level of like perspective yeah it's so cool that's and that's a really great perspective to have as a supreme deity or uh, deities and spirits that are ruling over everyday life yeah so amanda you're probably wondering how many orishas there are i am it's an excellent question because i don't have a straightforward answer to that <laughs> please tell me in all its intricacies traditional yoruba sources will say that there are 401 orishas due to the association with a sacred number Mm -hmm. Other sources will say that it is an innumerable number, specifically as many as you can think of, plus one. Ooh, which is a great... That's oh, so sweet. It's so good. It's so great. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of the more well-known ones in this episode and not the innumerable number of uh, that the sources refer to, because that That's would okay. be impossible. Listen, it's not my place to put a number on a number of deities. <laughs> that is true. It is not. <laughs> it's not your place. <laughs> Okay, so we are going to start with Oromila, who is the Orisha of wisdom, knowledge, and divination. Oromile is one of the few Orishas we're going to talk about that is an Iromole, which is the title for an Orisha who is there at the creation of the universe. Wow. Uh, so he was present at the beginning of creation and the beginning of humanity, and such has a special relationship with humans. That's kind of beautiful. It's yeah. like your, you know, your long-standing teacher or babysitter or family member who's like been there from the jump. Well, he he's exactly that because he walked among the people as a priest, teaching them an advanced form of spiritual knowledge and ethics during his visits to Earth. Wow, and it's over one human lifetime, or like occasionally he visited. I'm not entirely sure. I think he probably took a human form several times. It seems right. like. Um, 
and like we'll talk a little bit more about practicing and channeling a little bit um towards the end of the episode but it's it's very interesting. I love that though because I I always thought when we were young and and learning you know in our tradition the the Bible I was like why would why would you just live till thirty two or whatever old Jesus was and then and then go like yeah. I I get the theological reasons why he had to die mm-hmm. but but like being human sounds so fun yeah. and if I were God like that's all I would want to do <laughs> if I were in Westworld like Anthony Hopkins I would want to walk among my people and oh I just think it I would oh, it sounds so fun to me and um obviously being God's not all fun and games it's mm-hmm. you know having a purpose but. Yeah. Um, I I like the idea of, of kind of repeated visits. I think it's that's <laughs> really too. really cool. Also, course correcting because like humans are going to take their your lessons and like do whatever they want with them. Right. So being able like, to reappear. That's not what I meant. <laughs> be like, hey, act, you know, actually, this is how you do it. Like, or, like you're doing great, sweetie. Yeah. But <laughs> or you have to like wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until humans invented the thing that you need them to invent. Mm-hmm. Like until they invent, you know, painting or uh, clay tablets or printing. And then you're like, oh, thank God. Like, okay, here, now we can talk. Okay. F- oh, <laughs> you've discovered fire. Here is what you need to do. I love it. <laughs> That's really funny. I like the, I like the idea of that being like, okay, okay. I think they got it. I think they figured out the fire. They, okay, great. Let's talk about it. Cool, cool, cool. It's like when your friend is reading a book that you yeah, already yeah, finished yeah. or like watching a TV show that you've already finished. You're yes. Like, okay, did you get to that part yet? Oh, oh okay, okay, great. I want to talk about it now. Yeah. I, the other day I was I was reading, uh, I was watching my partner read The Name of the Wind for the first time and I was just reading like along and being like, okay, are you at, are you at, are you at, okay, we can talk about this. Like I, I really just needed to be like, have you figured out the like construct in which this story is happening yet? Oh, thank God. <laughs> That's pretty great. So in practice, uh, his priests are known as Babalawas or the fathers of the secrets. And they practice divination and help his followers to unfold the secrets of the universe. And by extension, the secrets unfolding in their own lives. Wow. Yeah. There's like a lot of like really deep stuff in this mythology. And I'm super, super into it. My first thought was normally we hear oracles and kind of soothsayers, truth tellers as being female. Um, and so it's interesting that that this kind of knowledge oriented um, Orisha and their, you know, uh, kind of practitioners are male. Um, but it it's amazing. Like that's why we read stories, right? It's to use a kind of big example to say something about our individual lived experience. Yeah. The colors that are associated with him are uh, yellow and green. And he is also known as Ibikeje Oladomare, the second in command of Oladomare, the supreme deity. Wow. Uh, and Elere Ipin, or the witness of fate. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about fate towards the uh, end of this episode. But I'm it's... curious to learn more because that idea of a deified figure, somebody who has power being subservient to fate or kind of standing to the side and watching something higher, you know, make its will known mm-hmm. is like so compelling. Next, we are going to discuss Elegua, uh, whose name means the master of force. Uh, He is said to be the owner of all roads and doors in this world and stands at the crossroads of the human and the divine, acting as the messenger between the two worlds. Whoa, liminal spaces are the best. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited about this one. Yes. (laughs) So uh, his colors are red and black or white and black, depending on the tradition. uh, And it is supposed to represent his dualistic and often contradictory nature. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, as he is connected to both the human world and the divine world, he has a close relationship with Oromile, uh, our divination Orisha from before, uh, and that divine knowledge has to be transferred to the human world by Elegua. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
It is said that nothing can be done in either world without Eligua's permission. He is always perpetuated and called first before any other Orishas because he is the one that opens the door between the worlds, allowing them to interact. <laughs> Yeah, let me finish this and then we'll talk about it a little bit. In some stories, Old Damare gives Elegua the keys to the past, present, and future. And so he's often seen in depictions holding these keys. Oh my God. Yeah. Can I talk now? Of course you can. Go ahead. I am so in love with this. Yes. I love the idea that you have to have an emissary or a messenger or a like divine decontamination, like depressurization Ch- a chamber yeah you know like like of course there has to be some kind of conduit and like translation transition between these two things like mm-hmm. the divine can't just exist in the real and vice versa i love it so much yeah and interesting i mean the 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 messenger between the divine and the human is something that is seen across the world in a yes. lot of mythologies but the way that uh yoruba tradition just does it is so interesting and like you said like the second i started saying that you were like liminal spaces yes and that's just something that is absolutely beautiful and really played on in in this tradition yeah and just that idea of being both and neither of being a translator of being you know kind of like we talk about third culture kids who you know grow up uh, in the cultural tradition of country a but in country b like they exist in culture c right you know because it's just like it's so unique to them um and especially you know invoking this um this entity you know when you're doing ritual or when you're talking about one world or the other it it just like it invokes like math in the best possible way where Mm -hmm. like you have to have the right conditions to make a thing happen or chemistry or whatever yeah i was gonna say it's like a science experiment yeah like setting the stage for the thing that you need that you need to to occur and i don't know maybe it's partly because my professional skills are often around like organization and setting the stage and like behind the scenes making stuff happen to allow like the main event to really take place Mm -hmm. um any kind of like foregrounding god or um i don't know like preparatory deity Mm -hmm. i just find to be so inherently fascinating you're gonna really like the tradition and the explanation of the traditions later i can tell already um actually amanda before we get into the lady orishas uh i think we need to head to a refill real quick okay let's do it quick i want to know Listeners, we are sponsored in part this week by Talus. Talus is a clothing line based in Los Angeles, and each garment is hand-printed on 100% cotton. The images on the shirts are referenced to psychic protection, astrology, and divination, which are all things that we love here on Spirits Podcast, and they're meant to impart a sense of mental or psychic protection to the wearer. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. The clothes look like someone sort of drew on them in your kind of vulnerable places, you know, on your back, on your side, on your sleeve symbols to kind of inscribe you with you know some form of like power and protection and I love so much that they have historical roots Um, so the creator of Talus took these samples of handwriting from a spirit medium from the 1800s actual person doing actual definitely not urban legends back in the back in the day um, where there are names there are symbols there are drawings and also um, other stuff borrowed from like ancient Greek and Latin and Hebrew so it is like so steeped in in history that it just makes me feel really, I don't know, connected to something bigger when I'm when I'm wearing my shirt. Yeah, I'm I'm rocking the Venus one that I received in this like beautiful cobalt color. And I wear it just all the time because it's one gorgeous and two super, super comfortable. And I have one of the Mercury shirts in black, which 
is just it's so pretty it has a beautiful design on the back um as well as a sort of one over the like crest area like where you put a crest of a school or something um but i think i'm gonna have to go back and buy uh some more shirt short sleeve ones for the summer because it's super soft it is super gorgeous and we are so uh grateful and thankful that they sponsored us so julia where can our listeners pick up a gorgeous uh psychic protection shirt of their own they can go to bit.ly slash spiritstalus. That is bit.ly slash S-P-I-R-I-T-S-T-A-L-I-S and use the code spirits for 15% off their purchase. It is gorgeous stuff. At least take a look, guys. Go to that um, to that link and take a look at their lookbook. It is really, really gorgeous photography with really pretty models. Um, mm-hmm. And that that is Talus. So thank you again, Talus Clothing. And now back to the episode. So Amanda... Ocean may be one of my favorites on this list. It's hard to pick a favorite, if I'm being honest. They're all really good. They're all really great so far. Uh, but you know how much I love a water spirit. I do. Uh, so Ocean is the Arisha that rules over the sweet waters of the world. So specifically freshwater sources. Ooh. Uh, and those include brooks, streams, rivers, anything like that. This is the first time I've heard non-salt water referred to as sweet. But like, obviously. Yeah. That I makes like that. so much sense. The drinking water? Yeah, that would be sweet water. Yeah. So she also embodies love and fertility and is the Orisha that is most often approached when there is a need to help with money problems. Hmm. Which I really like. Yeah. She is known as Ialode, the great queen, despite the fact that she is the youngest of the female Orishas. Huh. She is said to be Ikole, or the messenger of the house, acting as the mouthpiece between the divine and humanity. Gotcha. So like relaying the message that will then get passed, out, passed yes, on to humans. Exactly. So interestingly, when someone is initiated as a priest, regardless of what Orisha they are attached to, they must go to the river and give an account of what they are about to do so that Osha might tell their story. Huh. Yeah, I love that. Um, She is also known as a healer using honey and water, and both are associated with her. Yeah. She's also shown as a femme fatale of sorts, Hmm. managing to save the world in one story by luring Ogun, the Orisha of iron, war, and labor, out of the woods using her feminine wiles. Basically, she seduced him. (laughs) Right. Um, After he left civilization and everything came to a standstill because he was the Orisha of labor. Right, right. Isn't that cool as hell? I like like the idea of like uh, the Orisha of labor decides, I don't want to do this anymore, and just walks into the woods and everyone's like, I can't do anything anymore! (laughs) What's happening? I, I love logistics, as you know, and that is a very real consequence. Yeah. Unlike the Greek gods who are like, I don't know, mm. I want to marry this person, but and then like we have no, no more summer. And we're like, what? What, what are you doing? Please stop. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, so Ocean's colors are gold and yellow, actually, which is interesting for a water spirit. Uh, and she's associated with peacocks and vultures. Uh, both very good birds. Yeah. I'm not particularly sure why, but yeah. go for it. Yeah. Our next one up is Oya. And I instantly take back everything I said about Ocean because Oya is pretty goddamn cool. Uh, let's hear it. Uh, she is the Orisha of winds, violent storms, and the gates of the cemetery. <gasps> let's hang out. She is known as Yansa, or the mother of nine, and rules over the Ungan, which are the dead. Wow. The mother of nine is a reference to, um, a, like, major river in the area, and it had nine tributaries. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Rivers, death, as we've discussed many times, our favorite book, Sabriel, um, rivers and death have a, a long history, not just in literature, but mm-hmm. also in mythology of uh, being tied together. And I mean, any god that wants to like hang out at the cemetery gates and like just be in a windstorm yeah. and like drink some beverages, she's, get at me. She's cool as hell. Uh, so the name Oya literally means she tore. <gasps> 
And she is a warrior Orisha and has never been defeated in battle. Wow. Uh, she is known to ride into battle during war with the Orisha Shango, who we'll talk about later. Uh, and they share control over fire and lightning with each other. She is associated and controls specifically the mysteries surrounding the dead. And this might interest you, Amanda, because in certain traditions, she's uh, syncretized with St. Bridget. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. That is very good pairing. Yeah. Specifically Santa, uh, Santeria. That is really incredible. And I, I love we don't always see. It seems like death is either associated with water or with fire. Mm-hmm. Like they seem like they don't always go together. But, but she's both. A tradition that and combines she's both. Exa- like all three of those things. Earth, wind, and fire, you know, they're they're going to mesh it up. Like, that makes total sense that they're all, you know, they, they can all lead to death or they can all be involved in death. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the process of, like, getting rid of bodies and, like, actually, you know, doing death and honoring the dead, like, all of these traditions can involve all three of those. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. All these, all these Orishas I'm just in love with. Every other one's great. This is a very, very good tradition. Yes. Now, while Ocean was all about that sweet water, Yomoja is the Orisha that rules over the seas and lakes. Okay. She is known as the mother of all, but also known as Yege Omo Ija, which means the mother whose children are like the fish. Because supposedly it represents the fact that her children are uncountable. Wow. Because she is literally the mother of all. So like they make a reference to the primordial ocean and the fact that all life comes out of it. I'll get into it. Hold on. All right. Uh, so because all life started in the ocean, she is therefore considered the mother of all life, basically. Which, I mean, is true. Yeah. She's also the source of all riches, which she freely gives and shares with her little sister, Ocean. Aw, adorable. I, I love when we see uh, female friendships and sisterhoods, not as rivalries or choices for men, but mm-hmm. as like sisters being sisters. Yeah, I do. I do like that quite a bit. Uh, interestingly for an ocean goddess, she's extremely benevolent, motherly, and protective. Not always the case with yeah. our uh, beloved water spirits. Almost never, really. Yeah, yeah. But there are some stories where she loses her temper and becomes destructive and violent because ocean. I mean, if she has lots of kids, I understand that happens yeah, sometimes. Also, but like they, they make a point of saying she has an extremely high tolerance and right. patience and stuff like that. And so when it happens, it's real, folks. Yeah. So uh, she governs over everything pertaining to women, childbirth, conception, parenting, child safety, love, and healing. Because the oceans are deep and unknowable, she is also the goddess of deep secrets, ancient wisdom, the moon, and the collective unconscious of humankind. A real grab bag of femininity for yeah. sure. She is. Oh, she's amazing. I want her to be my mom. And um, she's my mom, technically. Uh, the truth, I guess. We all come from the ocean. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love too that like these are all challenges that people go through in a similar phase of life. You know, the from like fertility, childbearing, child rearing, you know, understanding the kind of like deep life mysteries of, you know, loving someone and letting them go and, and like whatever other things it is that you face. Um, that's why I, I kind of was always drawn to this concept of patron saints in our own tradition, because, right. you know, you're able not just to appeal to saints based on their kind of area of expertise, but also you can have a patron saint of your own and, you know, just call on that that person in times of need, no matter what kind of need it is. Yeah. And so to have this one Orisha, you know, governing so many related disciplines and related areas of life, um, I see as potentially being really, you know, um, reassuring. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I I do like the idea of someone specifically 
out there for your interests and specifically the interests of like what aspects of your life need to be touched upon. Yeah, it's like you have a college major advisor, but you also have just a regular advisor. Yeah. You've got an advisor you can go to with problems with your roommate or, you know, choosing a minor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the specialized one. You're you know, like, what should I write about? That thing. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. I, I want to take this graduate level seminar because I, I want to. Can you help? Yeah, they can. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. So in some versions, particularly in West Africa, uh, Yomoja is portrayed as a mermaid. Hey! Uh, her colors are, of course, blue and white, like the seas and oceans that she is associated with. Good colors. All right. So we're going to finish up our Orisha roundup with Shango who is considered by some to be the most popular of the Orishas. Hmm. He is a warrior Orisha who rules over lightning, thunder, fire, drums, and dance. Sounds like you make sure that you should invite him to a party, because if not, what are you doing? Yeah, because he is known for his quick wits, but also his quick temper, uh, and, is known for his, and is known for his relationships with both Oya and Oshan. Oh. Uh, his temper is said to be so quick that it's like watching lightning the way it suddenly strikes. That is very appropriate. Yeah. He is strong-willed and loves the pleasures of the world, including dance, drumming, women, song, and eating. Same. So we would get along great. Yep. He and Eligua are Okanani, which means they are of the same heart. Which I kind of love as just a phrase. Yeah. Like, they are of one heart. They're of the same heart. And I love that. Because, yeah, that's that's what it feels like, right? Is, is, you know, when when your partner is struggling, so are you. And when you are, you know, having a a great time and really selling, you know, your partner feels that love as well. Yeah. And, like, it's, uh, I think in this, it's, like, sort of like a brotherhood, intimate friendship kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we are so close that, like, I I feel your pain when you feel your pain and I feel your joy when you feel my joy and like all that. Yeah, you're exactly right where it's true of, you know, no matter the nature of the relationship when it's somebody that you're really close on and can depend on, um, you know, it's it's really like that deepest empathy is kind of when your, you know, emotions uh, spring from the same place. Yeah. Uh, so his colors are red and white and he is often represented as a double-headed axe. But probably most interestingly, at least for me, is that he is historically a royal ancestor of the Yoruba people. Uh, and he was said to be the third king of the Oya kingdom. Wow. And then when he died, he was deified in death as the Orisha Shango. That is pretty incredible when you can have a historical route to a, a, a mythological figure. Yes. And I mean, it's it's a practice that we see in uh christianity with the saints exactly um which is like these are people who lived an actual life and they're they were deified or yeah they're like significant enough and had an impact such that you know in the afterlife they're you know going to represent more things right and And have a spiritual connection to the world still yeah in these descriptions that i gave you about the orishas i did hint a little bit about how one would practice worshiping the orishas Uh, But I wanted to dig a little bit into deeper before we wrapped up. Let's do it. So one of the most important things uh, to practitioners is the proper alignment and knowledge of one's ori. So an ori literally translates to head, but it specifically refers to the main part of one's soul that determines a person's destiny and success. Huh. One's ori is basically one's personal deity, and it helps a person receive messages from the orishas. Wow. So kind of like like a higher part of the self. Yes. And that has to do a lot, too, with Oromila and also with Elegua, because it's through the Ori that they're able to communicate. Right. And it's through the, like, Ori that uh, that Oromila was 
able to like teach these people the wisdom and how to connect with the gods. That's true. And through Eligua, they're able to actually make that connection, the bridge between the divine and the human world. I'm almost picturing like a um, a receiver, like a like a radio tower, yeah, you know, or or something that that is like tuned and able to um, have a connection with that higher plane. Mm-hmm. It vaguely reminds me of, um, you remember the shitty James Cameron Avatar movie? Yeah. Where they had the like braid thing yes. where they could connect to people. Yes. Like a non-physical version of that. But I, I love that too because I, I've been reading a lot of memoirs recently about um, addiction and, and other forms of struggle. And especially I think when you feel like your life is not your own or you feel kind of out of control or you feel like something is controlling you um, that isn't your like deepest voice of, you know, rightness and reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that every person inherently in them has this thing, this place, whether that's physical or, um, or kind of representative that is like attuned to and inherently like in sync with the divine, Mm -hmm. that's so empowering. And like, that's so encouraging because no matter what you do, you know, in your human form that remains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of beautiful. I, I just, I really love traditions that have this very clear pathway for communication between the divine and human world. It's not just like hanging out and being like, well, I hope the gods will listen to me if I sacrifice this bull or whatever. Right, right. Um, But it's it's very much more specific and much more direct, it seems. Yeah. And we have a lot of friends, too, who through practices of modern, you know, Wicca or um, other kind of you know, paganism and, and animism are able to have a really physical ritual mm-hmm. and a really, um, I don't know, like embodied, uh, practice of their faith. Just that idea that like there is, you know, and, and Christian friends, like Jewish friends, there, there are lots of people who have, I think most traditions have physical symbols or shrines or, um, you know, things that you can go to in your house, places of your house, you can kind of set aside for like contemplation, communication, you know, thinking about your life as a whole. Um, and to me, I don't know that idea that you can kind of make that place in your home for yourself, or even in this tradition, you know, one step further, it's inside your body. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's really amazing. And, and, you know, as someone who grew up where you have to like go to church, that's where you do your, your, you know, work worshiping um you do it through these you know prescribed prayers and these prescribed songs and that's kind of how you do it this idea that it's it's very very personal and in this case you know you don't even have to speak it it seems like there's something inherent in you um i don't know it it's uh it's pretty beautiful yeah it it really is and i think that ties in nicely to our next section which is about the ashe yeah. And so the Ashe plays a really important role in the worship of the Orishas. It is basically a, a life force that runs through all things, either living or inanimate. Wow. Uh, so it is the power that makes things happen, is what they like describe it as. So it is the concept of spiritual growth, and practitioners strive to obtain Ashe through Iwapele, which is basically inner peace and satisfaction in life. Hmm. This also helps lead to the alignment of the aforementioned Ori. Uh, and Ashe is said to be divine energy that comes from Oludamare and to an extent is associated with Olorun, who's the ruler of the heavens and therefore associated with the sun, because without the sun, no life can exist. That is true. Uh, Ashe represents the link to the eternal presence of the Orishas, Oludamare, and their ancestors. Wow, that's a, a really beautiful continuity right and like link between what came before what is and what will be it reminds me a little bit of dream time if i'm being honest yeah 
which we we talked about in our um in our rainbow serpent episode but the idea that your ancestors are always there with you and they always have been there with you and they always will be there with you. The yeah. idea that like time in an essence is very uh, non-linear. Exactly. And it's constantly flowing and the the connection to the ancestors is, is extremely strong because of that. Yeah. And I think too, an, an implication in my understanding that you will be someone's ancestor one day yeah. and you already have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is such a more kind of integrated view of life and death mm-hmm. where like it's, you know, it's present in our lives all the time. Uh, and, and life comes out of death and, you know, life turns into death and like all, everything really is such a, a cycle and a kind of continuous loop. Um, so it, it makes total sense to me that these would be, you know, really closely related and also frankly makes it easier to think about and to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you think that everything has the same force and it's just moving through us all differently, it's, it's an easier thing for your brain to connect to. Yeah. And is, is literally true in terms of like, you know, the atoms that were created when our, you know, elements were created in the mm-hmm. universe are the atoms that still exist. Like yeah. there aren't new ones. There's, matter is neither destroyed nor created. Exactly. And, hey, uh, but it, it's really beautiful. I, I remember when I was learning first about kind of biology and physics in that way, being really, um, you know, uh, I don't know, feeling really at peace with the fact that, you know, the, the atoms that make up my body once did something else and will do something else again. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, well, the universe is, is, a, is a closed circuit in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty cool. Finishing up, uh, one of the interesting things about the Orishas, at least to me, is the fact that they're one of the aspects that spread to the Americas. Really? Uh, Obviously, the reason for that is the Atlantic slave trade, which is terrible. But the spreading of religion across the Atlantic that isn't a European religion is definitely something that interests me. So uh, worship of the Orishas is featured in a number of religions, including Santeria, uh, Candombole, Trinidad Orisha, Umbande and Oyotonji, hmm. which is uh, like an interesting thing. And I would love to go into those a little bit further uh, traditional wise, but I think that we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah, but uh, that's a wonderful kind of uh, place that we can jump into in future episodes. I would Absolutely. love to have something on Santeria. There's mm-hmm. just so much there. I'd love to speak to an actual practitioner for that. For exactly. Sure. A living tradition that, you know, has really, really rich roots. Like we would love to, to learn from other people about mm-hmm. um, what that's actually like. But uh, tracing the the kind of elements that um, birthed these sort of newer, you know, syncretic religions um in our hemisphere i think would be a really dope thing to do yeah i totally agree and i i do want to say that this is a living tradition as well yes this is i i did my best to not use past tense when talking about it yeah because people are practicing this uh you know to this day and, and it's actively a beautiful tradition like yeah. i i you know got very excited at multiple points over the course of this episode but i think the one that stands out the most to me would be this you know orisha in charge of communication between um the divine and the real Eligua. yeah between the divine and the you know physical uh, kind of earth realm mm-hmm. and needing to invoke them before you start a ritual it's like it's like it's like opening a parenthesis in an algebra equation yeah. like it is just to me I love logistics and I love infrastructure and that is you do. is the coolest thing. So thank you so much for for bringing it to me. My pleasure, my friend. And I am uh, I am glad to tell you these stories. They're obviously not my stories. I I'm not 
trying to appropriate them or anything like that, but it is information that I think is extremely interesting and deserves to be known by everyone. Exactly. And if this is something that you have a tie to, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. First person um, or from your relatives or kind of wherever the, the time may be. Um, but you can email us anytime, spiritspodcast.gmail. Yeah, we'd love to read about it and we would love to uh, have some people on who do practice it or maybe you can send us a uh, voicemail telling us your story yeah send us a little audio file call your parents call your grandparents tell us about the stories that you uh, you grew up hearing we we really really want to hear them. we do really do cool well um in the meantime remember listeners stay creepy stay cool spirits was created by amanda mclaughlin julia shafini and eric schneider with music by kevin mcleod and visual design by allison wakeman Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.